0: I am thankful to have each and every one of you here today, it's great to be able to honor God. Um, I so appreciate our worship folks and their great job of leading us uh, to a time of worship and praise because we know that God is great. And as Tam mentioned to you at the beginning of the service, if you're new here, we would love to be able to connect with you. And so encourage you, you can text the word welcome to that number 636-206-8654. That way we can connect with you or there's a paper card in the seat in front of you. If you want to take that, you can fill it out and you can drop it in the offering box um, at the end of the service as you leave. But it's a great day to be here and I'm thankful for your presence. We have a garden every year at our house, so technically speaking, my wife has a garden every year at our house, and I periodically help with it kind of at the beginning, you know, kind of near the end. But um, one of the things that I do know about a garden is the fact that um, what you do with Preparing the soil, what do you do with getting things ready, um, makes a huge difference to it, right? Um, for example, we have used horse manure at times in our garden. That works pretty good. Actually, rabbit manure works extremely well in a garden. That's another magic kind of a ingredient there. But you got to prepare it. I mean, you need rain, right? You need um, good weather. Uh, you need to till it up periodically. But one of the most important things is getting the soil prepared, so that you are able to have things grow well. In other words, the condition of the soil oftentimes determines the quality of your garden or your produce. So Jesus tells us a story using kind of a similar analogy in which he talks about a farmer, he talks about seed, he talks about soil, and as he talks about all those different things, what he's saying to us is, bottom line, He's saying to us, you know what? The condition of your heart determines whether God can work on you or me. I don't know about you, but I've had, I've had some seasons in which the condition of my heart somewhat struggled in my relationship with God, right? I think most of you kind of understand that. Where there these times? Because sometimes it's circumstances, right? You go through a really difficult time in your life. Maybe it's relationally. Maybe it has to do with work, uh, maybe you're in a brand new place and you really don't know anybody. Maybe it's um, you know, a health issue that you're facing, but it's just a difficult time, right? It impacts your walk and your relationship with God, sometimes to the good, sometimes to the bad. Um, there's a lot of different things that impact our soul being ready and prepared for God, but at the heart of it, it really has to do with what we do our individual responsibility. I can't say it's the circumstances. I can't say it's other people. What Jesus teaches us is that the condition of our heart is really up to us. So we're in this series called Search and Be Rescued. Search and Be Rescued. This is a series that really was born out of kind of the vision of our leadership way back in January where we talked together and discussed so what do we do to help our church see Christ even more this year to go after Christ with all their heart because we all know that everyone in the world is searching for meaning and significance in their life everyone is we want to know that our life matters we want to know that our life counts we know that that meaning and significance comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ, or at least at this point in our life, no matter where you happen to be. But there's a lot of things that people search for in their life to try to find that meaning and significance. We know that we search after Jesus with all of our heart. And so that was kind of our vision, our dream, to be able to do that. And so this particular series, as we've kicked off our small groups and those relationships, is about helping us to... Seek after Christ. And so it begins with learning to sit at the feet of Jesus. That was the story of Mary and Martha. Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus, and so sitting at the feet of Jesus means I take God's Word, and I open it, and I let God speak to me every single day of my life. But then we also learn that if we're going to search after Jesus and allow Him to rescue us, we've got to realize that we are the problem. I'm the problem, you're the problem. We're the problem. We're the thing that gets in the way. Our self-centeredness, right? The issues that we have, we tend to get in the way, and we have to take a step of humility to be able to let Jesus rescue us. And so then last week, we learned about this need of determination. A lot of things get in the way between us and Jesus, and so we learned, I've got to be determined to not allow anything else to get in the way of my relationship with Christ, of seeking Christ. Because when I do that, that opens the door for him to be able to rescue us. And so today, we're in Luke chapter 8. And so I want to encourage you to take your Bibles. There's Bibles in the seat in front of you, or your phone, or your tablet. Those of you who are online, you can click the Bible tab if you want to. But we're in Luke chapter 8. And it's a story that Jesus tells about a farmer, about some seed. But it's really a story that's about my heart... Uh, my spiritual state, my soul, and your soul. It's a story about us learning to be able to prepare our hearts so that God's Word can penetrate, God's Word can impact our hearts and our lives. And so today is really kind of a day of an evaluation, okay? It's going to be kind of a look in the mirror kind of a time in which we reflect and we think about, who we are in our own relationship with Jesus Christ. And today's key is simply this, that the condition of a person's heart determines the impact that God's Word can have on us. It's the condition of my heart. It's what I choose to look at and reflect and see in my heart that determines how God can impact our heart and our life. So I'm going to start. Um, this is uh, Luke chapter 8. I'm going to really start reading in verse 5. We'll read part of the story now. We'll read part of the story later. But Luke chapter 8, sorry, verse 5, says this. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, the birds ate it up, Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he had said this, he called out, "'Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear.'" So We've got this farmer sowing seed, and what I first noticed about this is he's not very picky about where he sows the seed. It's like he's throwing it everywhere. So This is kind of a picture of a, a farmer in Palestine. That's you know where Jesus is from in that day, and so they would get their field prepared, have this big old bag around them with, filled with seeds, and so they would go down the row, and they would kind of scatter the seed, but it looks like this particular farmer is just He's just having a heyday. He's throwing it everywhere, right? He's just letting it go everywhere. And it's like this guy, he understands the amazing potential and power and confidence in this seed. He's got great confidence in the seed. Like, I'll throw it anywhere and it'll grow. So, National Geographic in 2012 um, told a news article about a team of Russian scientists. Who found some seed 124 feet beneath the permafrost? It was some seed that they got out of there. They began to test it and discovered the seed was like 32,000 years old. And so they took parts of the seed, they began to help it to germinate, and eventually they grew this particular flower there from 32,000 year old seeds, and it produced seeds. I mean, you can't underestimate the power of seeds. But in this particular story, at least so far, we don't know what the seed is, right? So we'll cheat and look down at verse 11. What does it say there? The seed is, yeah, the seed is the Word of God. The seed is the word of God. That's the story that Jesus is telling. The seed is the word of God. God's word, the Bible, is powerful. It's authoritative. It is life-changing. I mean, if you need transformation in your life, which would be true of all of us, God's word is powerful enough to change you and me. It's not just seed, but it is the living, breathing word of God spoken into our lives that God gave to us. This is what God wants us to have. It was not made up by a bunch of men. It was not put together in a secret place. God guided and directed those to write these words that came from him. This is a love letter to you and to me about what is best in our lives, what we need in our lives. God's word is powerful, and God's word can transform us, It can impact our lives in a way beyond our ability to fully understand. But it has to be able to penetrate into our hearts and into our souls we have to take the time right to allow god's word to penetrate into our heart and into our souls now jesus tells us about four different conditions of the soil so this is really a story though we're talking about the power of the seed we're talking about the sower this is really a story about the soils right and so he's got four different kinds of soils that he talks about here. So what's the first soil is what? This is audience participation, right? So you've got to be paying attention, right? The first soil is what? The path, the road, right? Your translation, but it's a hard-packed surface. People walk all over. That's the first one, right? What's the second one? Okay, it's kind of the, the rocky area. Now, you, in Palestine, you, you really can't see these areas of rock because they're, like, just below the surface, I guess it'd be a little bit like the clay that we have, you know, just a few inches below the sur- surface there. But you can't see it, but there's like no, no real depth of soil there. What's the third kind of soil? Thorns, weeds, thistles, whatever your translation says, right? Uh, the weeds, it says it chokes it out. And then what's the fourth soil? It's the good soil, right? It's the soil that produces so very much. And so, how does Jesus conclude his his message there, verse 8? He said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. I like how Eugene Peterson in the message says it. He says, Are you listening? Really listening? Are you listening? So turn to the person next to you and say, Are you listening? Are you listening? you paying attention here? Are you hearing what's going on, right? is isn't always fun to say something to the person next to you. It's like, so great. So it's the end of the sermon, right? Jesus concludes the sermon, and he walks away. You know, it's time to collect the offering, time to go out to the fall festival, right? Sermon's over with there, except these 12 guys are standing around, you know, as followers. They're like scratching their heads, and they're like, you, do you know what he was talking about? Do you know what he... Did, is, is this some kind of hidden meaning? Do you understand what's going... You ever feel that way about God's Word sometimes? You know, you read it and you're like, what on earth does this possibly mean? Now, they had an advantage over us, right? And that advantage was they could go and have a conversation with Jesus. They realized there were really no dumb questions. I mean, that's not true. There are really dumb questions. But in this case, and it's Jesus, Right? They realize there are really no dumb questions here, and so they go to Jesus and they say, you know what, Jesus, what on earth does this mean? So look at verse 9. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that, though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. You ever had somebody explain something and you're more confused than you were before they explained it to you? Yeah, it's like the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. It's almost like Jesus is saying, I just really don't want people, you know, to understand. Except, I, I don't know if you notice, my Bible has these little uh, like footnote kind of things and refers to other scriptures, yours may or may not, but mine says Isaiah 6, 9. Isaiah 6, 9. In other words, what Jesus is doing is actually quoting from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, and it's a time or a season in the life of Israel in which they are obstinately, stubbornly refusing to have anything to do with God. Their backs are turned on God. They won't have anything to do with God. They're turning to other idols. And so the prophet Isaiah, and trying to get them to wake up, he's saying, you know what? I'm trying to speak to you, but it's like you're not hearing me. It's like it's going in one ear and out the other ear. You're not listening to me. And it's as if Jesus is saying to those guys and even to us, don't be like them. Don't be the kind of person who it goes in one ear and out the other ear. Be the kind of person who really listens. Don't be like those people. In fact, four different times, just in this chapter alone, Jesus talks about, are you listening? Are you hearing me? Are you paying attention to me? People who pay attention to me, they're putting it into practice. Are you listening to me? And it's like Jesus is putting the responsibility on you and I for listening to him, for really preparing our hearts so that we can be ready for the Word of God so that we're noticing and thinking about what's happening in our life in other words if we will open our ears and our minds and our hearts to the truth of god's word it can transform us it is powerful it can make a huge impact in our life and so for us we're going to spend some time thinking about my own life my own soil so here's the question for you what Of those four soils, what soil am I? we need to do some reflecting, right? So it's what soil am I? What is the condition of my heart? So I got three questions for us to consider. Before we do that, let me read this Jesus explanation to the Pharisees or to the, his disciples there starting in verse 11. So he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. When they hear it, but they have no root, they believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. So here's the first question to help us reflect and consider. Question number one is this um, Have I allowed my heart to grow hard towards God? Have I allowed my heart to grow hard towards God? Now, Jesus talks about the path. It's almost like the seed that fell on the path had no chance, right? It's so hard-packed. It's just so dense there. But again, the problem is not the seed because the seed has the power. The problem is the hard-packed heart. And so you and I need to reflect, is that me? Am I so hardened against God that I can't receive anything that God sends my way? But what's really sad is he mentions there that the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart. And it's it's hard in our day and age to talk about the devil, right? Because he's somebody we can't see, and it's like, you know, maybe he's just kind of made up. The Bible speaks otherwise, that there is an enemy that we have. He wants to destroy your spiritual life and my life. Now, you and I need to understand that When we are people who give our life to Jesus Christ, we receive him and we accept him as our Lord and Savior, right? One of the things that happens to us is that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. He lives. God lives in our hearts. He gives us the strength. There's so many different facets, but 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4 teaches us a very important thing about this enemy. He says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them. And here's the key. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So we have Christ within us. We have God's Spirit within us, which gives us the strength to overcome the enemy. And yet, we're the ones who have impact upon the hardness of our life, our choices that we make, the things that happen, and how we allow those things to impact us. And so the first question is, this is my hard heart. And Jesus wants to know, Am I listening? Question number two is this. Are trials keeping you from growing deep? Are trials keeping you from growing deep? So he mentions there the time of testing comes, right? But in the time of testing. So God's Word speaks about the struggles and the difficulties that come our way. Sometimes there are temptations from the enemy um, sometimes they're trials that just are a part of living this world. Sometimes they're tests that God sends our way. But God doesn't need to know the quality of our faith because God already knows that. It's like they come so we can know the quality of our faith. I think this has happened to us over the last 18 months. I don't know about you, but life has been pretty, um, pretty easy for me up to March the third of 2020 for me, right? So it's like life's going well, things are going good, you know, and then all of a sudden something happens and it just literally shakes the whole world. And it's forced a lot of us to say, where am I at in my walk and relationship with Jesus Christ? Where am I at? And that's a good thing for that to happen, right? And yet, sometimes those times of testing can be some, so difficult because our roots are not deep in God's word and knowing about God and the truth of God. And so, the antidote to those times of testing or to that having no roots is that we're making sure that we're digging deep into God's word and getting deep into God's word. So, are trials keeping you from growing deep? Am I listening? And then the third question is, are distractions in my life choking out the Word of God? Are distractions choking out the Word of God? I think this is a, a perfectly written for those of us who live in West County. It's like you're talking about a world full of distractions. That's the world in which we live, right? I would guess that if I were to look at your schedule over the last week, it would be pretty, pretty crazy and busy. Either traveling because of business, right? Or kids, man, they send you all over the place. You know, things that we do. It's interesting in this particular passage where he talks about what are the three things that are representative of the weeds that choke it out. He talks about worries, cares of this life. He talks about riches, in other words, the pursuit of more. And he talks about, what's the last one there? you got to help me out because I can't remember. Trials, riches pleasures. There we go. That was the third one. That's it. That's right. So you got to pay attention all the time because I'm, I'm over 60 now. I can't remember things, right? I mean, it, you, you think about those three things and how they choke out the Word of God. But, you know, I'm so thankful for a church family who continues to strive to put Jesus first. Just this week in our small group, um, one of the ladies was talking about she's got a pretty good business and it can keep her busy all, all week long, actually. But she says, you know what? I just made sure I carved out this time on Thursday night for our small group and this time on Sunday morning. And, it, and to hear her as someone pretty young in the faith making that kind of a commitment to not allow other things to choke out the Word of God is such a testimony, such an encouragement to me. But he talks about the weeds or the thistles or the thorns there you know what weeds are they're a sign of neglect so this right here um, is actually a part of a gravel pile that's in my front yard that's been there for almost two years now i think and i've done nothing with it and this weed is growing up into the middle of this gravel pile right it's like how on earth is that even possible but when when we neglect those priorities that are so important to us. You know, I mean, it's like those weeds sprout up and they come up and they literally choke out the Word of God growing in our hearts and in our lives. And then Jesus says in verse 15, he concludes it by saying, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. I love that phrase, a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. So what does a noble and good heart look like? looks like a person who hears God's word. It doesn't just go in one, one ear and out the other, who retains it, right? I meditate on it. I memorize it. I spend time allowing it to soak into my life, and then I stand on it the truth of God's Word. In other words, I persevere because of the truth of God's Word that is in my life, that I built my heart and my life upon. And so again, Jesus comes at us and he says, So what is the condition of your heart? I want us to take a moment and reflect about that a little bit, all right? So I'd like for you to take, uh, those of you at home, everybody here, take everything out of your hands and set it down next to you. I'll sit down too, so, right? So we're going to, everything, you know, your phone, your Bible, everything, just set it down next to you. I just want you to sit there for a moment with me, all right? So get relaxed, put your hands on your legs or whatever, Um, just sit there comfortably, get comfortable, all right? Now, What I want to do is help you to be able to take a moment and reflect about this, all right? So everybody take a real big deep breath. Breathe in, breathe back out, breathe in, breathe back out. And then this next time as you breathe in, right, when you breathe back out, just kind of let your eyes close. All right, so close your eyes. And what I want you to do is picture that farmer he's kind of far away from you but you can tell he's coming at you right he's in the field he's got that bag around his shoulder he's throwing that seed out you can't really tell who it is yet but as he gets closer and closer to you where you're standing you see that farmer and you realize that's the face of my father in heaven he's got a smile on his face because he's excited about coming and sharing the word with us and so You see him coming he's not there yet but you picture the farmer coming towards you throwing that seed out smiling as it spreads because he knows the power and the potential of that seed but before he gets to us I want you to switch scenes for a moment and picture a mirror in front of you just put a mirror up in front of you not so you could see your face but it's one of those kind of mirrors that lets you see right inside your heart and your soul and so you're able to really see the condition of your heart right now. So ask yourself this question first. Just be real honest with yourself. Says, is, my, is my heart growing hard towards God and His love for me? I mean, You may have had some really difficult circumstances that's making it challenging for you, or you're facing a real scare in your life. Maybe it's just been a season of doubt, but be honest with God and say, is my heart growing hard? And as you continue to look in that mirror as it reflects onto your soul, ask yourself, are the roots of my faith shallow? Because I really haven't spent time in the Word. Again, it's okay to be honest. God, God loves us. If I neglected that, right? And then still looking in that mirror, ask yourself this question, are the distractions in my life choking out God's Word? Is it even hard to concentrate right now? Because there's so much happening in your mind. Just take a deep breath and just think, are the distractions choking out God's Word? Before you open your eyes up, take that mirror away, and you see your Heavenly Father, He's just standing right in front of you with this warm smile of love and compassion. And so, Just look at him and just be honest with him. Say, Lord, here's where I'm struggling. God, I I want you to change my life. I want your word to penetrate my heart. Say, I don't really know how. Or say, I've been allowing these things to get in the way. And see the smile that he has for you, his love for you, his desire to help you. And just say, Lord, Give me wisdom to know how to allow my heart to be open to your word. Just pray, God, give me a desire to spend time in your word. Amen. Open your eyes now. You know, God loves us dearly. And he wants to work in your heart and he can transform any of us. He, through the power of His Word, can make such a difference if we will allow our lives to be yielded to Him and open to Him. The condition of our heart determines the impact of God's Word. And I'd encourage you to really reflect upon what God wants to do for you.